you'll see that the hymns aren't listed. TBA, which stands for to be announced, could be stand for another, other things, but uh, for whatever reason, when I sent the email with the hymns to Pastor Sandy and Pastor Ryan and Sue and Walter, it didn't go through. So Sue called me Thursday morning and said, I need the hymns. And I said, well, I don't have them in my mind. I have them at home on a piece of paper. I said, just put TBA in there, and I'll call Walt and let him know what the, the hymns are, which we did. But I walked off this morning. First of all, I walked off and forgot my Sunday school book and had to go back. Then I, I walked off and forgot the list of hymns. Walter has a better mind than I do, and he remembered what the hymns were. So that's what we were doing. We were coming up. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were floundering there for a little bit. But anyhow, we have the hymn numbers, uh, and I'll tell you what they are when we get to that point. But I can tell you right now, the first one is 271, if you want to write that down or open the hymnal to 271. And when we get to that point, you'll be ahead of the game. But... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's been a challenging morning here. Like I said to Christine earlier, sometimes I think that the devil just does these kind of little things to see if you can keep concentrating and put your, keep your mind on what you're doing. So today is Super Bowl Sunday, meaning food, and... Uh, there's a table outside there with uh, with some some food on it. If you want to, uh, if you have your cans or your packages, you can put them on the table. If you decided that you would like to give an offering in cash or check or however, uh, just make sure you write that on the envelope or on the check as you put it in the offering plate today, so that it goes to uh, Super Bowl and not into our general fund so that we can make sure it gets to the right place. If I understand correctly, that's going over to Jubilee, uh, which I don't know whether any of you realize or not, but I support quite heavily. And I'm not saying that because of who I am, but I like to go over there. And there's a lot of good bargains in Jubilee. Don't say anything more. Well, okay, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, let's look at our prayer ministry guide. I guess I should clarify something. We were just talking about in Sunday school about not drawing attention to ourselves when we do some good things and so forth, and I made the statement earlier that I support Jubilee. You just lost your I know. I know. I didn't mean that look at me. I'm just such a wonderful person. I just meant, you know, I'm over there every week. You're just trying to do like Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul says, do like I do. I'm sorry? Looking for the bargains so that uh, $1.49. Well, so please, please accept my apology. I didn't mean to sound pompous. Christine, I'm coming over here because you usually have some updates for us. Well, I do. I did make a lot of updates on here, and there's new things on here, new people. Uh, some of my own family and things have been happening. I'm hearing cancer in the last week not where I want to hear it at all for anybody. But, um, and, I, and since I this has been printed, I would like to ask for prayer for my, my cousin's wife, Linda Schaubach. They live at Akron, Pennsylvania. And Linda had a stroke last Sunday on her birthday. She was 72. And uh, by Thursday of this past week, we found out she has four-stage pancreatic cancer. Not good. Uh... This is a woman of faith, very much. 
has family very close. We're all very close, his cousins even. So she has chosen not to have treatment. She, and it, for all I know, it could be in the stage that, you know, you can only do so much. Yeah. I, it, it just takes the prayers right now. And it's been very deep on my own heart. And my sister-in-law is on here also with, has the same cancer I had uh, in the lymph nodes. And, uh, you know, gets tough. But we'll get through all this. And it, it's just sad news and bad news. <laughs> we don't want to hear it with anyone. But we have a lot on here, a lot of praying to be done. I, I'm not even going to say a whole bunch of other names, but... Uh, well, oh, Jim Buck, I did, did get a call from Sandy yesterday. He's not having his knee surgery on the 13th, changing the date because he has some other doctor uh, put with the heart doctor. So that was given to me just since this was printed. And, oh, Pauline, Pauline Holman told me this morning, her sister passed away. I don't know. She's not here. I don't know what her sister's name was. She was... Or is it Arlene? Oh, I guess. Okay. That's my sister's. <laughs> Anyhow, she was 95, and she said, it, you know, it was a blessing, Pauline said. But, yeah, her sister passed away, which we didn't know. I didn't even know it to put it through on the prayer chain. So I did want to say that. Yeah, yeah a lot of people struggling and so forth. Who else would like to share? Karen? Um, I have two things. Um, the first is an update on my grandson, Waylon. Um, he has an appointment this coming Friday with an ENT, and that is to hopefully figure out his sleep apnea. His oxygen levels drop. Um, my daughter-in-law got one of those, um, I forget what it's called, but it, um, Owlet or something, I don't know. It keeps track of his oxygen levels when he's sleeping, so they go low. Um, so hopefully the, this doctor will figure out the issue and what to do to fix it. So just keep praying for him. And my other thing is I have the paper for Daffodil Days, if anyone is interested. I need to orders in the money by the 24th of this month, and then I pick up the flowers on March 23rd, which is a Monday. So we'll have to, I guess if we want to have them here the following Sunday, I'm going to have to do a very good job of keeping them alive. <laughs> Thanks. Daffodils. Spring is coming. Spring is coming. Who else would like to share? Pastor Ryan. This Friday afternoon, myself, uh, Joel, and Sandy went to the Effort of Church of the Brethren and picked up uh, a bunch of video and sound equipment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, we have been in contact with them um, in the past. They are remodeling their church, and they allowed us to um, take their old equipment. Um, so we picked up a lot of equipment on Friday afternoon, and um, I know nothing about the equipment. Sandy does, so it's Sandy's job to get it all fixed up, installed. So he's going to do all of that. Um, <laughs> we're going to certainly help him, though. If he needs our help, um, that's right. And then um, secondly, our website is um, just about fully developed. I, I, this um, was something that we've been working on in the background as well, um, the, um, the church website, so that we have a um, virtual footprint so that people can find us online. Um, so the content still needs to be developed, but the, um, the main um, framework of the website has been developed. So two good things. Um, so pray for Sandy. He's got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Two things. First, for my um, little granddaughter, she seems to be having problems with her stomach. And we're not sure if it's her formula or what. They've changed it a couple times, but she's th that's why she's fussing now. <laughs> you can usually figure a little bit after she has eaten, she starts having problems. So her mom wondered if we could put, uh, pray for her that maybe 
we could get the, the um, resolution to her problems with her stomach. And then second of all, a girl that I went to school with, her son, his name is Brian. Uh, he has uh, kidney cancer, and he's been in the hospital for a long time with blood clots. Uh, he has an appointment this week to see if that has all cleared so that he can have surgery after that. So if you could keep Brian in your prayers as well, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Cute little girl. Who else? Oh, walk right past me. I saw Amy yesterday, and she, she seems better. I think things are... Looking up, and uh, I think miracles maybe are right there. We just sometimes need to bring them in with prayer. Yeah. I don't know if that quite makes sense or not, but yeah. it was just a, a thought I had lately. I wanted to share that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we were talking in Sunday school, too, about why do we pray? If God knows everything that we need, why do we pray? It's that connection. Um, I, I see you still have Mario's, um, that he's supposed to have surgery. I don't know the date because my daughter was absorbed in her son turning 18 this week. So, and on that note, sweet hubby has a birthday this year. It's a momentous one. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I keep telling him I'm married to an older man. Um, I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> He's going to remember it. Um, <laughs> I, I have, um, my husband knows I come up with a lot of ideas, and I've, I've come up with one, and I need some response. Um, I know we tend to like these little trivia questions. Would you all be interested in having, every once in a while, an uh, evening get-together? We can bring snacks, and play some kind of Bible trivia game. There's Bible Jeopardy, Bible Dictionary, Bible Baseball. And, um, of course, we'd have to figure out what night, and whether a Sunday night or a weeknight. But if you would be interested in all, in that at all, let me know, and we'll see what we can arrange. Because it's kind of, I even have a Bible scavenger hunt that you have to scour the church that I designed, so... It'd be fun to eat and share and be together. So if you're interested, let me know. Thank you. Is there anything else? Dina? I just have um, three quick ones. Um, speaking of cancer, um, yes. I'll, we have a couple that have sat beside us and still do uh, sat beside us for 10 years at the Hershey Bears games. We're season ticket holders. So we've gotten to know them really, really well. And uh, Barb and Christine, I'll get you her last name because it's spelled kind of. But Barb uh, just found out that she has breast cancer, uh, 61 years old. And uh, she's really struggling. So if you could... Keep her in your prayer. She's had hip replacement, knee replacement. Um, so this is one more thing now that she has to deal with. And also we have a um, well, young girl. She's 41 in our community, Erin Selker, who has been diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer, has five children. Um, and uh, she has a blog kind of thing. It's like Caring Bridge or something where she's blogging her journey. And, you know, she said that she knows it's a tough battle, but if she loses the battle here on earth, she's very aware of, she's ready to take her place because she just knows that. I mean, that's a devastating diagnosis. Um, and one more, and I wanted to look up the name of the little girl. Maybe some of you heard there was a little girl in Cumberland County run over by a tractor. Um, 10 years old, and I will get her name as also, but she has broken arms, broken ribs, um, lots of internal injuries. She is at Hershey Med, and uh, just the fam the her would be her aunt was in 4-H with me, uh, Cumberland County, years ago, and uh, she said that this is also the family that the their son was shot in Nashville, 
Yorlitz boy, I don't know if any, he was 24 years old. That was probably two or three months ago. So now they're dealing with, with this. So just lots, lots to pray for, as Christine said. Yeah, absolutely. So much to pray for. Just an update on Barb Adams. Her surgery is scheduled for February the 20th. We have her on our prayer list. Heavenly Father, there is so much to pray for, so many people struggling, so many people facing health battles. Lord, how can we do it without you? Pancreatic cancer is not a thing to just slough off, but we've heard reports of a couple people with pancreatic cancer. Lord, as that individual said, if things don't work out here, things are going to work out with you. And that's the promises that you give us. And like our hymn said, standing on the promises is what we stand on. Lord, thank you for the fact that we can come here as a group and pray to you and ask you to intercede. If it is your will, and your plan. Please, we, we beseech you. Help those individuals that are struggling. Help them and comfort them. And comfort their families, Lord. Accidents happen. It's just a way of, of our life. We can't get around it. But we pray for those that have suffered from accidents. Give them strength. And again, give their families strength. Lord, it just seems like all the things that, that uh, trouble us is what we come to you and pray about and, and ask you to help. And, and you want us to do that. And we want to build that relationship with you that we can come and we can, we can ask you for different things because we know that you hear. You're always attentive, always available, no matter what. But we also have praises, Lord. Praises for good health for individuals, good weather, and a loving community. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this congregation. Thank you for the love that's shown between them. Thank you, Lord. So many things that we could say, we could list, we could pray for, and we do. Help us, Lord. Help us, Holy Spirit, to express our, our desires to our Father. Thank you, Lord. Lift us up as we lift you up, Lord. We pray these things in your Son's holy name. Jesus Christ, what would we ever do without you? What would we ever do if you were not the unblemished Lamb? Thank you, Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, this is Second Sunday, ladies. I don't think it's supposed to blink, but it blinked. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I, I know too much about sound systems for my own good. Oh, my. You have to realize that I was two years into a four-year electrical engineering program, halfway through, and when I decided I did not want to end up with an electrical engineering degree and design smarter bombs, smarter military airplane kind of things that would go out and kill people. I did not want to do that the rest of my life. I, my father-in-law did that all his life. OK? 
okay, Karen's dad. Um, and so since ministry was so close to electrical engineering, I just switched over. And if you can figure that out, then you know the story of my life. <laughs> uh, anyway, I so people ask me how I know stuff, and I go, I don't know. It's intuitive, I guess. Um, I don't know everything about electronics. I have built a lot of projects. I built a short... This is not bragging. This is just facts. No brag, just facts. Walter Brennan. Hey, I remember that. That's where I got that. Anyway, I built a shortwave radio that went to the county fair, got this big purple ribbon, and they sent it to the Indiana State Fair, and I got a blue ribbon for my shortwave radio at the Indiana State Fair. And somebody said, well, was that a kit? I go, oh, no, I just went out and collected the pieces and put it together, you know. I had to order a couple capacitors or something, but, you know. Now, I don't have time to do all that stuff. But, but so, so we get, when, here I am, we got this opportunity with effort at Church of the Brethren. They got this whole pile of stuff that they're just going to get rid of. And we can have it for zero dollars. I have a real, I have a harder time resisting bargains than you do. Yikes. So, so we, you know, so we got a bunch of this stuff. If you want to see what we got, it's back there in the office. You have to sort of look around and sort of stuff back in the corners. Um, Will we use this all? I don't know if we'll use it all, but we'll find, we'll find a place for it somewhere in some other church if necessary. <laughs> you know, um, I, told, I told the folks at Effort on Friday, I go, yeah, well, you know, whether or not all of this stuff gets installed at Conewago, that, that, that's, that may or may not happen, but it, this will go for the kingdom of God. This, this will... We'll, we'll do this for the kingdom of God. And so uh, I'm already in my mind running cables through walls and ceilings and we're, we're going to put this or that, you know, well. I, I, I'm just dangerous. My wife already, my wife already knows this. I think we need to change the topic. <laughs> well, I told my wife, I, I actually told Goldie too, that this is, a, a, this is one of those that I've never preached before. So she's never heard it. And, and, and I am, I'm even, I've even been uh, uh, prompted. I'm not going to blame that on the Lord. You know, where, where did the prompting come from? It might have been last night's undigested supper. Um, to sing a, some songs. Uh, I'm going to do. I'm going to do one at the very beginning, and this is Psalm 20. Go to Psalm 20. You know, the Bible is a good source for songs. You just need to take your Bible and start singing. Did you know that? Just take your Bible, start singing. The best songs are all already in there. And uh, so I know a lot of them in King James. I bet I know a couple hundred songs directly out of the scripture. But uh, Psalm 20, verse 7. And all I can remember is the chorus. Walt, Walter might know this one. I don't know. Uh, the one that keeps sort of impinging on it is, uh, uh, is the horse and riders thrown into the sea. Uh, Lord is God and I. That's, that one keeps 
crashing in on this one, Psalm 20, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Now that's the chorus. Anybody know the rest of it? Oh, well. I thought I might have a, have a whole bunch of people come running up here to help me. Well, look at that. People trusting in chariots. People trusting in horses. Who's that talking about? Well, one country that was particularly notable on that one was Egypt. Down there where Moses and all of them were. And at, at the end of 400 years, yeah, well, they ended up being slaves in Egypt. Egypt had this... Uh, had this thing, hieroglyphics, all right? Um, and less, less than 150 years ago, they, they had lost all the translation of all these hieroglyphics. They've got it figured out now. Back in the 1800s, they figured it out. And um, so how did they trust in horses and chariots? Well, so here comes Pharaoh. Do you know who Pharaoh is? He's their God. And with Pharaoh comes all these flags, these that got pikes or, or poles with, with flags on them, saying that he is God and king, that Pharaoh is God and king. And, and if you have any question, just look at the banners. Just look at the flags. The flags will say it. All right? The flags identify. And so much so, this was so true, and, and, and I read up on this a little bit, about how when they would go out into battle, they would have these standards that they would take into battle so you knew who you were with and who you were fighting against because they had their standards and their flags and whatever. So when you got out there and it was chaos, you could know which side you were fighting on. And that... Pharaoh is our God. So much so that the hieroglyphic for God in Egypt was what? Well, the hieroglyphic is like a little stone picture of something. And here's this stone piece that goes up like this. And then from the top of the stone piece, there's this square thing attached to the top of the the, the upright thing. What is it? It's a flag. And that stone, that stone flag is, is the word for God and king. Bra is, is the flag symbol, you know, the God Ra. Each pharaoh, they, they included this flag thing in their name. And here, and here, in the midst of that, God's people are in slavery. <laughs> what do you think God thinks of, of that, you know? Well, each generation, it gets worse. And so much so as when you go to Karnak, that's where all these temples are, and these burial grounds, and all this stuff, and if you're into Egyptology, I'm not really, but enough to look over the fence at it. Not as much as electronics. No, 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 not, not that much. Here you see the every single Egyptian temple has these huge pylons, and, and they, they estimate them. They probably were more than 12 inches around going up. 200 feet, like a 200-foot flagpole all across the front 
of these pagan temples they built out there at Karnak. And at the end, at the top of each one was a huge banner, flag, ensign. What do you call it? So they got their word for it. They got a they got a hieroglyphic for that thing. And the children of Israel, they see this, they understand it, they understand that that flag thing represents their pagan god and their pagan king. And they're calling the king God. Hmm. Let's uh, start in the scriptures today by turning to, uh, let's go to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Spending more time in the Old Testament than the New Testament, but you got to know the New Testament connection to this. John chapter 12. Gospel of John chapter 12. Something Jesus says. Don't let it whiz past you without going in your ear. And if it goes in one ear, don't let it come out the other ear. All right. Put a finger in one ear if necessary. John chapter 12, starting with verse 27. John 12, verse 27. Jesus says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me for, uh, from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. Therefore, the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, well, an angel spoke it to him. Jesus answered and said, this voice did not come because of me, but, because, but for your sake. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, this is Jesus speaking, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, what do you do with a flag? You run it up that flagpole. Run it up the pike. All right? If I be lifted up from the earth, what's going to happen? We'll draw all people to myself. Actually, it just said, actually in the Greek, it just says, uh, um, we'll draw all to myself. Doesn't say men, doesn't say women, it's everybody. And so, so the issue is if he's lifted up, what's he doing? When Pharaoh had his flag out there in battle, what did they do? They rallied unto Pharaoh and they fought the battle. What is Jesus doing? If I'm lifted up, I'm going to draw, draw all of you. But, and this he said, signifying by what death he would die. Let's go back to the Old Testament next, to uh, Numbers. These, these are lifted in, in the bulletin, but not in the, the same order. <laughs> Uh, I thought about that a little bit overnight. Numbers, chapter 21. And we're talking about raising up a banner, lifting a banner up. Numbers, chapter 21. And, I, you know, a lot of times I don't mark in my Bible where a passage is because it gives you time to find it in your, your Bible. Numbers chapter 21, and uh, the uh, early part of that chapter, 
uh, starting with verse uh, verse 4. Yeah. Numbers chapter 21, verse 4. It says, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom, and which is, by the way, which is on the east side of the Dead Sea. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. And the people spoke against God. By the way, if you have a bad day, at least don't speak against God. They had a bad day and they were speaking against God. God is so terrible. What kind of God is this? No, no, just don't do that. If you're tempted to, don't do it. It says against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread. What are they talking about? They were talking about the manna stuff. Yeah, they're, and they're probably less than two months out of being slaves. Less than two months. And here they are. If you're tempted, if the devil tempts you to do that, just don't do it. Because what happened? <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? The devil shows up. <laughs> it says, is, um, there is no food and no water and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents. You can translate that as uh, diamondback rattlesnakes, something like that. Pretty poisonous. Po you know, if they bite you, yeah, you're probably not going to make it. In fact, there's a bunch of them. It says, uh, they bit the people and many of the people of Israel died. By the way, he's a serpent of old. By the time you get to the end of Revelation, he's a dragon. You know, the, the, the devil starts off as a serpent and ends up a monster. He's in the process of monstrosities right, right now. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, <laughs> a bunch of people dying, well, you know, maybe we did something wrong. We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. By the way, if somebody asks you to pray for them, don't just say, okay, I'll pray. No, you really pray. You really pray. You pray. If you say you're going to pray, pray. Don't say, I'll pray for you if you don't pray. All of us have made that mistake. Moses prayed. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent. Now, that make means fashion it, make it look like a fiery serpent. And set it on a pole. Make a flag. Literally, in the Hebrew, it's make a flag, make a banner of it. You got a pole? And this serpent thing, whatever it is, is at the top of that pole like a flag. It is a flag, banner type thing. Unmistakable. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, that's the flag thingy with the snake thingy, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent. It's like a bronze flag type thing you could put on top of the pole. Put it on a pole, flagpole thing. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Let's go back to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 3. 
Did you know that that passage is the run-up to John chapter 3, the most famous New Testament verse in the world, for God so loved the world? Let's look at it. It's about that serpent on, on the stick that Moses made, the flag banner thingy that he made. And Jesus alludes to that and makes it important, this whole flag idea, important. John chapter 3. Now you know verse 16, right? I hope you know verse 16. John chapter 3, let's pick up, uh, how about verse 11? Jesus is speaking. He says, most assuredly, that's amen, amen, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. He's talking to who? Nicodemus, religious leader. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Yeah, yeah. If you tell somebody something and, and it has nothing to do with the Lord and they don't believe things that you tell them that, have, that does not have to do with the Lord, if they're not going to believe that, well, then why should you even bring up the Lord? Because they're not going to believe that either. That's really true, really, really true. You learn it from Jesus. Verse 13, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man who is in heaven. So Jesus is saying there who he is. He's come from the father. He's the son of man. He's the son of God. That's all wrapped up in one package there. Verse 14, and as Moses made a flag of the serpent, <laughs> he lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Who is your flag? Who is your banner? Are we lifting him up? Now, flags, historically, most countries, flags have been very important. In the waning years of World War II, and this is just one that just sort of popped into my mind, and the very picture of it, I probably could draw a picture of this. I've seen it so many times. Mount Suribachi. Where was that? Iwo Jima. And the Marines, they stormed that place and they fought and so many died. I know a man that was there. <laughs> he was both I Iwo Jima and he was also at the what was the other one? Okinawa. He was both of them. He, and he got through without a scratch. So here are these guys, these guys find, they charge up Mount, Mount Suribachi and what have they got a flag? They got a little flag. It's just a little flag. Now the picture is of a big flag, which they reenacted it the next day. But these guys go charging up there and have a piece of pipe, that's a piece of plumbing pipe. And they tie this little flag on there and they raise that flag on top of the mount and from all sides, wherever the Marines go, when they saw that, <laughs> they all cheered, you know, the flag. Here we are and this is who we are. Now, some people don't make any sense of it when a dear lady has a covering on her head. A lady with a covering on her head is no different than those guys raising that flag on that mountain. 
It's our identification of saying who we are, who it, it, we stand out. Now, this is not a heaven or hell issue, and if you, you are a lady and you don't wear a covering or you just wear a covering from time to time, this, this has nothing to do, in my mind, it has nothing to do whether or not you're going to heaven or hell. But let me tell you, if we live on this earth and we're trying to what? To rally unto the Lord and say, here we are, here's what we're doing, here's what we're, we're standing for. That's a, that's a flag, that's a banner. It's an indicator. And this is not a big part of this sermon, but it was big enough that I, halfway here I noticed she did, I'll go, oh, you wore a hat and you didn't wear your covering. <laughs> this, is, this is our life. This is, this is the way we get along. Uh, and so, so she, when we get here, she scurries around and, and finds, finds a covering. So if you, if you ever need a covering, she knows the routine and who to see and where to find it, right? They're in the kitchen. They're in the kitchen. <laughs> There's a reason for everything, folks. Sometimes I just don't know what the reason is. It's a flag. It's a flag. It's an identity. It's a banner. Hallelujah. You know, and when you come through Pennsylvania, Dutch territory, yeah, there's a lot of them. And don't you, don't you cast negative stuff about it just because you're not into doing the banner in a physical way. The more important thing, yes, indeedy, is the spiritual display and lifting up of the banner. And that's what we're talking about, the banner, the banner. What is the banner? Well, let's go back to the other Old Testament passage I have listed, which is, is Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter, and not numbers, Exodus. I got to get in the right book, folks. Exodus chapter 17. Now notice, where's the Ten Commandments? In, in Exodus, that's chapter 20. Okay, just keep that in mind, you know. Where is it? This is chapter 17, that's chapter uh, 20, Exodus 20. No, no, we're going to chapter 17. And uh, they're, out, they're still out there in the wilderness. Guess what, they're still complaining. We don't have any water to drink. That's verse 2. Ah, well, you know. Why do you tempt the Lord? End, end of verse 2. And, but people were thirsty. Why have you brought us out here in the, you know, did you bring us out of Egypt to, so that we would die of thirst and our livestock die of thirst? End of verse 3. And, you know, Moses says, Lord, what about these people? Well, the story we really want uh, begins down there in uh, verse 8. They're passing through, so they're out here in the wilderness. All right, they're coming along. You know, pro probably about 40 days or so out of being slaves. Coming across the Red Sea. How did they get across the Red Sea? Well, remember, Moses had his rod now. The rod I got here is not, this is more of a shepherd's staff for a little kid in a Christmas play, but it's the only thing around that I could find that would work. <laughs> and so, so Moses, and what did Moses do? He, so he goes before Pharaoh and he throws his, his rod down before Pharaoh and it becomes a serpent. And the magicians say, oh, we can do that. And they threw their rods down. But Moses' rod that became a serpent ate up the other serpents. And then he picked it up by the tail and it became a rod again. One of the plagues, he takes his rod and he, he touches the, the waters of the Nile. 
And what happens to the waters of the Nile? It all becomes blood. I'm bypassing a whole bunch of stuff here. They get down, so finally, after the death of the firstborn of, of each household in the land that doesn't have blood over the door, they f- finally get set free and they get out there to the, to the Red Sea. And what does Moses do? You know, they, oh no, they're coming. We, we can see the chariot. Oh, Moses, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, I probably would have done that. I prob- that's probably what I would have done. I don't, you know, some people say, oh, I would have never done that. I go, well, I'm, I probably would have. So what did Moses do? He tells the people, you know, to stand still. And then he says, behold, he holds up his rod. It actually said he holds up his rod. And he said, behold, the salvation of the Lord. And again, he touches the water. Instead of turning the blood this time, the waters open up, clear across. The water stands like walls of water, the Bible says. And they go through on dry ground. They get over there, and he touches it again, and the water collapses right on top of Pharaoh's army as they're coming through. Too bad, Pharaoh's army. You should have been smarter than that. Okay. This is, this is the rod that Moses, he tap, when he's told to, he taps the rock and water comes out of the rock. My, my. And they haven't learned their lesson. When they're complaining about being thirsty, you know what they said? Moses, we know God is able. Do it again. No, no, no. They would rather complain about it. Yikes. Just remember that. Has God ever done something wonderful for you? Oh, God, just do it again. Just do something wonderful again. Actually, Moses forgot. Why didn't he go into the promised land? Because he got to this place where the people were begging, complaining for water again. And he's real upset with him. And what does he do? The Lord told him to say to the rock. (laughs) And what did he do? He goes banging on it with his rod like he did the last time. Just because God told you one thing one time doesn't mean you should do the same thing every time. You do what he says now today. And for that, he didn't get into the promised land. He looked over there and he saw it. (laughs) Yeah, well, have you ever been thankful that you weren't Moses? Boy, would I have messed it up. He was such a meek and humble man, even though he did get bent out of shape. I think I would have been more irritated at those people than he was. here's, Here's a story that just amazes me, and it has to do with this. Moses' rod. Verse 8, Now Amalek came out and fought with Israel in Rephidim. That's an area down in the what we think is the, in the Sinai area. Um, Sinai Peninsula. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. That's a a tribe. Amalek was the guy leading this tribe, and they are called Amicalites. (laughs) All right? Amicalites are the people of Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God, the rod of God in my hand. Was it a magical rod? Was it a, what was that? No, it was something God did with that. God did it. Moses didn't do it. God did it. But, but Moses knew there was something special about it. 
And he says, I'm going to go to the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her, I don't think that's the same family as Ben-Hur, went up to the top of the hill. So, so Moses is up there on the, on the hill overlooking the valley where the battle is taking place, all right? That's, you may think that's a chair, but it's not a chair. That's a rock because that's next. All right. So it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. That's in the battle. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone. There's the stone right there. They took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and her, well, here's what they did. All right. So, so, so he sits on the rock, and he's holding up the rod of God. And whenever he has it up, what's happening to the children of Israel? They're winning the battle. You know, after about six hours of it, you know, how, how long can you hold your hands up? He sort of, you know, he got tired. So they set him on a stone. And as long as he held his hand up, lifted up. Remember what Jesus said about being lifted up. Remember what he says to Nicodemus about the serpent being lifted up. Well, here he is, and remember that Moses himself made a banner of this snaky thing that he put on a pole, like a flag. Remember that. And here he is. What is he doing? He's lifting it up until he gets tired. And what happens? You know what? I need some help. Can I, can I get some help? Can, can, can I get, you know, and... and here are the people he needs. Oh, I, I just can't hold, hold this up. And, and so they help out. And guess who prevails? The children of Israel prevailed, not just because of Moses, but because he's not the only one and they're working. They are really working together on this. Hallelujah. What a lesson. Do you see the lesson? All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They were just so inspired to do that. Now, so, so what is this about? So God looks at that at that rod held up there by Moses, and he goes, oh, oh, it's down, so now that they're going to lose. Is that the way it was working? No, I think there's more to it. I, what kind of God do you have? <laughs> no, no, no. God is working, and he will jump past a thousand people to get to the one guy that's going to have faith. And this has to be something about people having faith before God. Faith in what? Where we started to say, by the way, you didn't even have my, you didn't have my scripture text when you picked some of those songs, right? Yikes. Standing on the promises, I think Moses was. And so, the ones that are chosen and they're out there fighting the battle and they see Moses up there and they see him hold forth what the whole, whole nation of Israel know that is the rod of God and that rod got us across the Red Sea. Do you know what? We're going to believe in the God that uses that rod that we would prevail. 
And while they looked to the Lord, that caused them to look where? Not at Moses. Not even really at the rod because it was what the rod itself 